Hello and welcome to Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. This is Al Simon, your host with Sandler Training. Excited today about my guest, John Schweitzer, President and CEO of GDP Technologies. Tremendous company and a Regional Impact Business Award winner. How you doing, John? I'm doing great this morning, Al. Thanks for having me today. That's exciting to have you with us. So we're going to talk business. We're going to talk sales. We're going to talk about exciting stuff for about 20, 30 minutes here today. So, uh, John, let's, uh, let's, let's get you to kick it off. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to be president and CEO of GDP Technologies and a little bit about the history of that company. Uh, great. Well, I, I spent several years in the enterprise software business and in the hardware business. And the, our holding company is a company called Global Imaging Systems. And for 20 years consecutively now, Global Imaging Systems has grown their top line and bottom line for 20 years. I knew the original founders of Global Imaging Systems. So for 20 years, I knew them. And the running joke among the Global Imaging people is that for several years, matter of fact, five years, they chased me to be a president and CEO of one of their companies. And no one had ever said no. <laughs> and and I was the guy who I was the guy who said no for five years. And uh, the reason was is I had different things going on in my life, and I spent most of my adult career out in Silicon Valley. And and I said, well, when you guys find me a company in the right city and the right business, I'll think about it. And so <laughs> so they they came to me and said, hey, we have this company, these two companies, Xerox Audio Visual Solutions what was then Georgia duplicating products in Atlanta. And they said, do you think that would work for you? So four years ago, my family and I packed up and, and moved uh, to Atlanta. And it's been a great, great experience with the global folks. The companies were exactly what they had promised as a holding company. And we've grown the, we, we've grown the business and changed the name from Xerox Audio Visual Solutions and GDP or Georgia duplicating products, which was then called GDP, changed into a single name, GDP Technologies. We divested in most of the audiovisual uh, businesses and sold that off to another company so we could focus on our core, which was our technology business. So it's been a great trip, great four years here in Atlanta. Glad to be part of the Gwinnett, Gwinnett Group, and um, we've enjoyed it here. That's great. So you're a technology guy from way back, huh? Uh, yeah, so we want, I don't know if we want to get into saying how old we are, but I got a free I got Let's, a fr I got a free donut with my drink at Dunkin' Donuts today. So if that helps you, that's so. a clue. Yeah, that's exactly, a clue. Exactly. So how do you keep up with all the technology changes? I mean, just the fact that you changed from from duplicating products to GDP technologies and how you know workflow and document processing and managed IT and all that's a whole lot different than it was say what five years ago even, isn't it? Yeah. Well, certainly the the industry has continued to uh, continued to evolve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, GDP Technologies was well equipped to make the uh, exchange or the change, if you will, as we moved away from our traditional roots of copiers and printing. Yep. And then you develop, then first we developed our solutions business. So think of the copiers and printers as nothing more than on-ramps and off-ramps into your enterprise for your business. Okay. And then- we started marketing middleware software products and technology solutions that made those integrated into what you were doing at your business. So now we started talking about your workflow instead of just the documents. All right. 
And then lastly, as we evolved into our managed services offering for managed IT and yep. managed print services, well, we already had the sophisticated network operations center in place. We already had a very sophisticated ERP for our business where we monitored parts, where our technicians were, where our drivers were, where how many calls we could run a day. So super sophisticated in that area. So it was a natural extension for us to be a, a good managed IT provider for our, uh, for our companies. And in our world, our combined world, as you look at GDP Technologies, we are a local Georgia company, so that I'm president and CEO of. We're owned by a holding company, Global okay. Imaging Systems. Right. And Global Imaging Systems is a $2 billion entity on its own, owned by right. a $20 billion parent, Xerox. When you look at all the revenues combined, and you think about Xerox in the document business, if you think of the yeah. old days, we're 50%, more than 50% of our revenues now come from managed services, and 50% of them come from our, you know, our traditional back bone of printing and copying and all that stuff. So we really are a technology company today. We're no longer a, a, a document-only company. And you've got the best of both worlds. You've got the backing infrastructure of a large entity that can handle things, but you've also got the, the small company feel of really good customer service. Yeah, so how we, how we like to think of it and uh, a tagline you'll see us use, uh, not only for marketing uh, purposes, but you know, it makes our customers feel good and it makes us and our employees feel good, is we think of ourselves very often as being Fortune 200 strong and Georgia loyal. I love right. that. Yeah, so that's how that's how we think of ourselves, and we behave like a entrepreneurial company. Okay, and we have the disciplines and the stability of a Fortune 200 company. Excellent. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of how we that's kind of how we put it all together. And some people ask me, they say, "How real is that independent part of you guys?" And I said, "I want you to go talk to anyone we compete with that's owned by a parent company." And just ask them if they can go get a check out of the drawer and sign it. And I said, and I, and I bet you we're the only guys who can do that. Right? I bet you probably are. That's, yeah, it. that's right. right. So your footprint is pretty much Georgia. Is that really where you, your focus? Yeah, we do. So we we have an we have office in Marietta. Yep. Okay. We have our 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 flagship office with our customer experience center in Duluth, uh, and uh, here in Gwinnett County, and we have our original founding office is in Macon. Um, right, uh, right near Mercer University. Okay, good. And uh, we we have we have been in all those markets for uh, thirty nine years now. So next year will be fortieth anniversary. That's excellent. That's good stuff. And and you mentioned uh, managed IT services and the growth. That's really where a lot of your growth is coming from, isn't it? Managed IT services. Yeah. So managed services in general for us is a big growth market. We're we're uh, growing our traditional business in the high single digits each year still, which is great. So the traditional copy and print business, yeah. but, but our managed services, uh, our managed services business is growing in the 30% range. So we're, we're very pleased about the growth in that. And it just, it was a, like I said earlier, it was a great fit for us as a company, but it was an awesome fit for our customers too, because they were, you know, with 40 years, almost 40 years of experience, they were accustomed to doing business with us. Our customers knew that they could trust us, right? And when you talk about our managed IT part of our business, we're going from managing your documents to is my internet up and running? 
are my PCs patched and protected against malware and hackers and all those pieces? Are my switches working, right? So, yes. And uh, so we became a very trusted source. And once again, I'll go back to that. Sort of had that discipline that we have of being part of a big company. Right. But we were small enough that we care about the 20 office with 20 employees, the office with 15 employees, all the way up to the office that might have a thousand. Right. But, but, you know, we were very sensitive because our backbone of our customers forever have been the customers 20 to 100 employees. So, okay. So we really brought to them the same level of IT you expect when you walk into the biggest companies in the world. So they don't have to have a big uh, investment in people on the IT side. They can outsource a lot of that to you. Yeah, so we, so how we really take that to market is we uh, do not market ourselves in the IT world as a break-fix company. If you, if you want my computer's broke or my network's broke and I want somebody to fix it, we can help you with that, but generally that is not our position. We, we work on a program that you'd call proactive services. Okay. Okay. And inside of our proactive services program, we provide several tools, world-class tools that are monitoring everything that's going on on your network from the number of attempted intrusions to every day on the security side to all the patches. And the real idea is that we repair the problems before they happen. So you never knew they were going to happen. And, okay. and you know, and I'll, oversimplify just the just the other just recently in the last uh, last week we went to a client and said hey we're shipping you we're shipping you a new hard drive for this server because the other one is preparing to fail wow and they said well how do you how do you know that uh, that's preparing to fail we said it's our job to know <laughs> so we took them we took them down we took them down that evening uh, it installed the new hard drive. They never missed a beat and went on about their business. So it's really proactive on that regard on your day-to-day things. Right. And then we also provide uh, virtual CIO services for people. So if you're looking at your IT strategy as a small business, once again, I'll keep using that example of the 20-person office. Yes. You're trying to figure out how you're gonna mi- how you're gonna migrate from Windows 7 to you know to to Microsoft 10. Right. And things like that. So we say, hey, you know, look, here's going to be the phase out cycle on that. Here's how we think you should phase in the correct hardware for that. Here's how you should phase in the software. And we're going to do that for you over this period of time. So that plan might stretch 18 months or two years. Yes. And we try to, we try to, uh, or we do, I should say, sit in that position for you and really become your virtual CIO so that you can worry about running your core business. We'll make sure your IT is running. That's great. I'm a technology guy from way back myself, and I remember selling technology to organizations back in the late 70s, early 80s, computer systems. If you made a change like the one you're talking about, you might be down three days. It really, it's really amazing how the uh, technology has advanced so much. Now, in order to h- make that happen, you're hiring smart people that are a whole lot younger than you and me, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, so uh, you know, I think we, I think we have a, we have a good mix of generations at our, uh, at our, our, our group. But we, we spend a lot of time uh, focusing on development of our internal employees and uh, sourcing um, existing employees. And and we have a, you know, we have a program by which we look for 
uh, for in certain in certain areas, we're looking for people with great experience and uh, you know a super a super set of skills. And okay. other in other places, we're looking for people who have the will, right, and uh, have a desire to uh, move forward in their career. And with those folks, you know, we have a complete dedicated learning and development department to help them uh, advance their career and help them along. So we really go both angles. And that's a, that's that's quite an advantage that you have to to really attract really good talent in both of those bents. So when you, um, you know, being, I'm guessing, a uh, baby boomer like myself, when, when you look at, at hiring, say, millennials, how do you, how do you make it so that they, that, that they are comfortable, that they feel good about working with y'all and with your whole organization? How is uh, the whole millennial generation working well in your organization? Well, we, we really believe, and, and we've, we've learned this from our, from our uh, younger colleagues, and is that you, you, we mix a little bit of the old with the new in the millennial uh, world. It really is a little bit about culture. Yep. Okay. So what's your culture like? So we, our offices are, if you saw our offices in our spaces, our Marietta office is very hip with brick walls and, and steel tables and uh, things like, and you know, and it's like a crash pad for salespeople to go get some work done. Great. Our Duluth office is a is a world class customer experience center. But when you look around at the furniture, you'll go, "Wait a minute, this furniture is kind of funky." And <laughs> and there, wait a minute, there's a basketball hoop in the back and and pieces like that. And you know, so and wait a minute, they they have a Papa Shot reigning champion. And so we try to mix all those things, and we really take those millennial the millennials, our young our the younger employees. We try to give them the culture the culture and the fun they want. We make sure we're involved in um, in the community, which we were anyway, and we give them things to get involved in in the community. And lastly, we always are looking at ways for them to use technology. So, Al, you're the sales guy. In sales, what do we always what did we always have to do to get an appointment? You got to pick up the phone, right? Got to be proactive. A lot of us don't really pick up the phone too much, including me. You probably send a text message. Right. So at least an email, if not a text, that's correct. Yeah. So we look, we look real hard at technologies that help them do their work the way people work today. Excellent. So that's what we're working on, on that. Yeah. I want to get back to what you said about being involved in the community as well, but for now, let's just uh, make sure everybody knows this is Simon says, let's talk business radio show. And our guest today, John Schweitzer, president and CEO of GDP technologies right here in Gwinnett County. Great stuff. So, John, a minute ago, you mentioned that you're really involved in the community. Can you elaborate on that? Tell us what y'all are doing. Well, you know, we, we consider community involvement, uh, you know, it's a way of life. It's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a marketing tactic or anything like that. It's a little bit about who we are. So when we think about community as GDP technologies, we think about philanthropic issues, okay. philanthropic things. And if you look at us in our philanthropic world, you see us involved with major significant organizations like Make-A-Wish Georgia. Okay. So, you know, big, big philanthropic organization. And you see us then also involved with smaller grassroots organization like Jay's Hope and Macon. Jay's Hope is a, is a grassroots uh, children's cancer organization. Is that it really? Helps individuals with that. And yeah. And, you know, we did, we did every, we, we stocked their 
annual trick-or-treat event that they have in conjunction with Bass Pro Shops down in uh, Macon with oh. 35,000 pieces of candy for all those oh. kids that were going to come trick-or-treat there. So That's great. Yeah, so fun stuff like that. We work with intellectual disabilities with one of our Gwinnett own here, Annandale Village. We're very, so yes. they take care of adults with intellectual disabilities. We're very proud to be helping them. And, uh, and when we think, and then lastly, we go into even like school drives with, for supplies, school supplies and things like that with the Atlanta uh, fire department. Good. And what we think about it is the philanthropic side of our interest in the community is really, we need to provide talent and we need to sometimes provide treasure, which we do, right? I'll probably get a lot of phone calls after they hear this. <laughs> that. And, uh, and we need to provide our time. So what right. we do is make sure we allow for our people to provide time and philanthropic interest. On the other side, there's the engagement side of the community. And the engagement side of the community is, you know what, we get involved at Kennesaw State University. We get involved at Gwinnett uh, uh, Technical. And what we really do there is we try to coach the students that are in there. How do you interview for a job? Better. Wow, that's the, great. Right. These are the tools that people use. So we work yeah. we work that side with the engagement side. And then finally there's the civic things we're on. So I work I'm working hard. Uh transportation in the metropolitan area here in Atlanta drives me crazy. So I spend Oh come on. Don't no, you, you yeah. don't like to sit in your car forever? I, you know, I, I, no, I do not. And I, I tell everybody, I said, I came here from California, I, you know, so I, I go, I'm used to it. It's pretty bad here. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, on the civic side though, two things we're working on right now is helping with some of the things with transportation, trying to get the right measures in place to improve uh, and provide perspective as an employer and perspective as a person who has several individuals who have to deal with commute times and things like that. So we're working with the, uh, the government officials and things like that to yeah. try to work on that stuff. We also are working on some things to help bring more talent to the workplace in Georgia. So whatever we can do it to attract more high tech and more talented people to Georgia helps everyone. So we try to spend those things. So for us, when we say, you know, community involvement, it's philanthropic interests, right? It's engagement interests and it's civic interests. And we try Excellent. to get after all those. Treasure time and talent. There Excellent. Excellent. You. I want to ask you about a couple of things that uh, I read in your marketing stuff. You, you got to love marketing people, don't you? They, they, yeah. they, they got a way of saying things. One of, the, one of the phrases in there was, was that you help your clients by implementing previously elusive efficiencies. What in the world does that mean? And that's a really good marketing line, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah so. It's, it's great. You don't know what it means, but it sounds really good. Sounds great. <laughs> the, uh, what, we do, what we do is we're, we're very proud of we have a unique and patented process that is called the GDP 360 process. Okay. okay. GDP 360. The GDP 360. And you'll, you will see it on some of our collateral and such. But what we do inside the, uh, the GDP 360 process is we go to our clients and evaluate what their projects are, what their business goals are. And we, but we have a, if you will, a strategy to make sure we root out what those items really are. And then we overlaid it with a technology that we, that we are the only people in our industry that have called the GDP 360 app. Okay. And that app allows us to manage and monitor all the workflows inside of the organization in an automated fashion and leave an end product behind with the client that says, 
here's how you do all this stuff. And then here's what you want to accomplish. Here's how we might suggest you do this stuff. And then once we have agreement from the client that there is a better way, so thus your efficiencies and, and stuff, okay. then we use that exact same tool in that exact application to monitor because think a lot of our stuff is about assets, right? And asset, okay. whether assets are computers, assets are printers, assets are copiers, all those assets. Yep. We use that tool to then monitor, change, add, delete, move, and it's all automated for the client. So that when we come in on a recurring basis, depending on the size of the client and do our uh, what we call a strategic technology account review, okay. we use this tool and say, Hey, here's what's been going on in your environment since last time we met. What has changed for you? What new things are you trying to accomplish? And here's all this information you never had before, because if in the classic words, if you can measure it, you can manage it. Right. Right. So, so it's we, like a dashboard. It is a dashboard. That's okay. exactly what it would look like. Okay. Yes, so strategic technology account, account review. review star star. Hey, the, I mean, the marketing people must love the acronym STAR, huh? Right. We we just, we, we got to give, we got to give Morgan, our marketing lady, credit for calling a STAR. Some people would call it account review. But what makes our STAR unique is we have this tool that belongs exclusively to us that allows you to get the dashboard. That's great. So that's, uh, well, that's Mor the best part. Morgan is a STAR, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, very good. And then you you talked about how, about your approach toward client satisfaction that whole area of making sure you're doing what they want you to do and doing it well, you call it being employee centric approach. Tell us more about that. Well, so let me, let me start by setting a framework for that. We recently, okay. we recently did a, a, even a survey. So your, your question comes at a good time. Okay. Good. And, and inside of our, inside of our survey, the answers that came back about who GDP is, is the two things that came back is that we were reliable and then two that were coupled together, two phrases that were coupled together, is that we were fair and honest. Well, <laughs> as, a, as a company, that's a great uh, platform to build yourself upon, right? And you, you should run for president. Maybe I should. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that reliable and fair and, and honest are not what's being thought about out there in the voter public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't know if I'll touch that one, but yeah. we, we, uh, but we, we, we certainly, I mean, first of all, you're honored that the, you know, when people yeah. are asked that that's what they say about you. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that predates, you know, as we said, I've only been around the Atlanta place for, workplace for four years. So that certainly predates me because you don't, get that kind of reputation. It's a long-term game. It's a yeah. long-term reputation. So yeah. we are very, very pleased yeah. on that. And how that all comes into the fold of the, the client-centric and all that is what we, what we preach at a local level is very empowered employees, mm -hmm. but every decision you make has to go on inside this customer-client triangle we talk about. So if you thought of a triangle, and if one side there was the customer or the client, okay. at one side there was the company, the company being GDP Technologies, okay. right? And at the other side, there was the colleague or the employee. Okay. Every decision you make should fall somewhere within the boundaries of it's good for all three of those people. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's better for the employee 
Sometimes it's a little bit better for the company. Sometimes it's better for the client. But if we make all our decisions inside of there, that, and we think that we're making the best decision for all three people, that leads to a very sustainable business operation that can continue to grow and that people feel empowered. And you know what? Occasionally we make a bad decision. The idea is not to tear somebody up for a bad decision. It's to say, hey, how do we get to that decision? And let's not make that one again. And, you know, we do make mistakes. I, as much as I hate to admit it, you know, we probably make a couple every day. So that's, yeah. that's kind of how we go after the client-centric that's, thing, though. It's part of being humans. Yes, sir. Yes. So if you make your decisions inside of that triangle, guess what? You'll end up taking good care of the customer. Yeah. In the long-term game, that's got to make all three thrive. The customer, the employee, and, of course, GDP Technologies, yeah. which... If GDP technologies is thriving, then the customers can continue to thrive and the employees can continue to thrive. And it's no wonder you're a, gl- a great place to work and attracting good talent. Makes perfect sense. In fact, because of, I'm, I'm guessing because of this approach, you recently won the Impact Award for Information Technology in Gwinnett County. So are, is this what allowed you to get that honor? Or are there other factors as well? Well, we would say that certainly the um, prevailing way in which we got it was having great people. Right. And if we have great people that are empowered and they pursue excellence, right? So we look at pursuing excellence in a, in a couple ways. We look at it in quality of work. And we also look at it in the, we want to outwork the competition. We want to work harder. We try to look for, look for that. So I think when we couple that with our commitments inside the community that we have, and that we focus all the time on growth. So if I, you know, you may, you may recall that I mentioned earlier on that our, our company has grown every year for 20 consecutive years, right? That's so, incredible. Yeah. So we- Even during the recession. Even during the recession. Absolutely. So we've grown every year. And when you grow, you create opportunities for people, right? You create things of all types in the community. You- acquire more real estate, you acquire more customers. And if you grow, there's just great opportunities in that. So we, we think a lot of how they looked at us as a impact company is what we give back to the community. Our clients say good things about us and gosh forbid, they say that we're, we're fair and we're, you know, we're honest. That's a, that's a pretty good thing. That's amazing. And, and when they, they look at all that and then they go, and guess what? These guys create more jobs in Gwinnett County every year yes right so we're just going to keep on that process and as long as we're growing it allows our employees to uh, feel good about the company uh, the company too and we we follow a pretty simple model is that we look for the same return on sales as a percentage every year so whatever we grow we reinvest back in the company well the fact that you're that your customers so that you are reliable and fair and honest that nails the first part of our selling system at Sandler Training, which is you've got to generate trust. People do business with people they trust. And your customers are obviously playing that out in your world. Good for you. And the, the fact that you are pursuing excellence in the way you develop your, your employees, uh, we follow that as well. We, we say make excellence, not perfection, your goal, which allows people to fail. It'll let, you know, it, it gives people permission to fail uh, and, and, and also then of course, as a byproduct, it gives them permission to go and, and be proactive and try things and do things and, and, uh, and go after it. 
Well, we, well you certainly, I, I love that you use the word perfection because uh, as much as we want to do things great, we often talk about uh, perfection being one of the P's that can get in your way. Yes. Right. And then the, by being too much of a perfectionist, it can sometimes get in your way. So absolutely. And it, and it doesn't give you any wiggle room to, uh, you know, to, to, to make things right if they're not right. Cause if you're always insisting that you're perfect, you'll never improve. Good stuff. So, and you also mentioned that you spent a lot in, in investing your people, growing your people, and you're doing a lot of uh, development. So is that what, uh, ongoing training classes, obviously technology being changing, you must do a lot of that as well. What else do you do besides uh, technology improvement and, and education for your people? Well, you know, we, for us, it starts with the hiring process, being around uh, business for a long time. You know, this one, you might say that we're a little uh, unconventional. So really? one of the things we, we do as, as we believe is unconventional, and I think you may agree, Al, Al and I didn't get re to rehearse this beforehand, is that we, uh, we use an inverted hiring process when we screen people the screening start at the top. So if you apply to be a sales professional at our uh, organization, or we seek you out to be a sales professional, or one of our other, so mainline positions, your first interview, your first interview after the visit with our recruiter HR department starts in my office. Now that's interesting. Right. So the reason is, is we believe that by hiring and screening and hiring the absolute best people will have the best results. And we found that when we inverted that process that the candidate pool improved and that individuals said, wow, this is a different kind of company, right? And uh, so that's what that's, you know, so we think it sort of starts there and it starts with the people. So now we have, let's, Let's assume, and we don't get the screening. We're not perfectionists, right? We don't get it a hundred percent right. Of course not. But now we have now we have some quality people, that, and we're real proud of uh, all of our employees. And what we do with the what we do next with them in the development process is we have a complete learning and development staff. Okay, so really, really? so you don't so you don't get uh, you don't get hey. Uh, Welcome to our company. We're going to have your manager train you and uh, have a great day, right? And here, go throw you to the wolves. So, I mean, and I'm not going to say that we don't make you work hard because we do and we make you learn a lot, but we have a process designed around developing people to do stuff and we have people that that is their job. So that totally helps. And we supplement that with managers and other subject matter experts inside of the company so that the individuals can learn stuff. And then when you overlay that with our parent company, Xerox, in our Xerox learning portfolio, we have over 3,000 pieces of curriculum that you can get involved in. Is that all, just 3,000? That's it, just 3,000 pieces, and they- Do the best you can with that. If, yeah. yeah, if you're bored yeah. one day, you can just <laughs> you can have at that. Uh, hopefully you have some other things to do from time to time. But inside those 3,000 pieces, you, you and they they some of them are computer based training okay some of them are interactive webinar based training makes sense and some of them are traditional instructor led training so we have just in our xerox portfolio so 3000 of those and you could do anything in our company from getting your six sigma certification to 
learning how to do Photoshop inside of that curriculum that exists for us in that uh, 3000. So when mm -hmm. we take our specialized learning development uh, at a local level to help support what we try to accomplish at a company, and then we couple it with the, uh, you know, the Xerox portfolio of learning we have. Yes. We think we have a, a really fantastic opportunity for people to develop. We also know that not everybody in the world stays at the company they worked at their whole entire career. Not much well, anymore. Yeah. Well, what we hope is that when you left us, you're in a better place than when you when you started it in the event you leave. So, and you will be because of the opportunities we offer yeah. you in that area. Well, when you start with a better talent pool, as you talked about, by inverting that hiring process, and then you equip them with 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 quality tools, I, I don't think I don't think anybody is worried about how hard they have to work because they know that they're being equipped to work smart, and that makes a lot of sense. So once again, this is Al Simon with uh, Sandler Training, and you're listening to Simon Says Let's Talk Business, and our terrific guest today, John Schweitzer president and CEO of GDP Technologies, great technology company right here in Gwinnett County. So I always bring the conversation back to sales at some point in time or another, John, as you probably would expect me to do, being a uh, sales guru as, as such. And I'm interested in, in, in your approach to the marketplace. So you've got sales professionals, and of course, you've got the client-facing people on the customer support side. And that's what that's what your clients see and that's what your prospective clients want to know what that looks like, obviously. So how, how do you do that? Well, how are you better different than your your competitors? Fill us in on what that looks like, how you go to market. Well, so, well, certainly we, you, you mentioned just brief, uh, just previously our uh, tools. So we, we tried to provide our sales professionals and all of our sales professionals are outbound business to business, uh, sales individuals. So how we all started, though, is we circle around what we call the business intelligence office. And the, okay. And the business intelligence office is, is composed of a group of people that one, uh, the, one of the uh, leaders in that group is specifically a data miner, right? So he, okay. that, that individual's job is to help target clients that are in the correct profile that our services are valuable to them in order for them to run their business better. So you're not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. That's right. So I think right. rough, rough numbers are there's 120,000 businesses in uh, the metro Atlanta metropolitan area. And as we go down at our making and all that, there's more, but let's focus on Atlanta a minute. Okay. And so we certainly could probably help most of those businesses in some way, uh, form or fashion but there's really about 10,000 of those that fall right in our sweet spot. What does your sweet spot look like? So our sweet spot looks to from the companies that, you know, maybe do a couple million dollars in revenue, you know, have 10 or more employees all the way up to, and I'll mention a couple of our, you know, big clients. So, you know, so the Arby's whole restaurant franchise entity is ours. Is it really? Yeah. So That's great. Sutherland Asbill is a customer of ours. So we okay. all the way up to big, you know, giant. So so we really we really go from that sort of couple million dollar company up to the mega companies. That the, those all fit our sweet spots. Where we're probably not, you know, the best fit is the 
two-man office and some of the small smaller entities although we do find ourselves helping them from time to time for certain things but do you? yeah that's good but what the we really focus on in that regard is 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 if we have the business intelligence office narrow the playing field for our sales professionals so that they are uh, using their valuable time in the most productive places for themselves that helps and then we take we layer the business intelligence office into our business development office and those are traditional inside inside sales professionals who vet information around what our business intelligence office has come up with so they look for what are the buying when are the buying cycles open in certain customers what is the information we need to gather and they try to secure appointments for our trained uh our trained consultants inside the company and then we have our outbound consultants so, okay so that's how we go out and attack the uh, market so if you will get in front of the light right client and then secondly now now we get there well so we got the wonderful first appointment right so you're okay. the sales guy right so we, so we have to conduct a great first appointment so in our first appointment what we attempt to introduce our client to is our GDP 360 process and say, Mr. Customer, in the thank you for allowing us for your time. In the space that we have, please allow me to share with you how our process might overlay your business interests and we can tell you if we can help you or we can't. Right? How long does that process take? So that we, discovery process. Yeah. So we we can discover we can discover the viability of an engagement in a, roughly a 30 minute call. Okay. And then once we uh, determine that there is a, a viability and there's a, a business reason that the customer may need to engage in our services, then when we start into the, the nuts and bolts of the process, that can take from two weeks on the short side to six months on the long side. And it really depends on the on the size of the client and what the complexity of their system. Complexity, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. It, to get all that information back, but once again, we have awesome automated tools. So it really, it really sets up in the customer understand us getting coming to an understanding with a customer. Hey, we're we all agree we want to do this, and we're going to look at these areas of your business and mr customer that's going to require you to do a couple of things it's going to require us to do a lot of heavy lifting right and then yes. when we come back we need we need to engage the right people in the in the final outcome and you know what and before we ever propose any solutions before we do anything we we come back to the client we have a step in there we call the validation process where we come okay. back with the data and we say mr customer Let's go through this one last time and make sure that all of the variables that we all considered were all in agreement that they were the right variables. So then we validate that the information we're that we're bringing back to them is accurate. Then we get uh, engage the customer. And, okay, let's figure out a solution where we can help and uh, where we can't. And you know what? And sometimes we can't help, right? And and we we all move on and. And that's okay, but then we, you know, as you can guess, there's another day where we can. That's right. right. And I think I think prospective clients appreciate when you say, "I'm not sure we're a good fit, and here's why." I think you get a lot of credibility that way. 
and you probably get some referrals that way as well. So you're always hitting the sweet spot of where you're a good fit and never trying to shoehorn solutions where it just isn't going to work. That's a great model. Well, in the process that we have, it, it sort of won't allow you. It almost prohibits you yeah. from uh, inappropriate sales behavior, I'll call it. How's that yeah. So your sales consultants, they actually use that word validation process with the prospect? They do. And yeah. as, as part of our process, we actually have a, if you will, we have a, a Gantt chart, right? That, yeah. we, that we say, guys, here's how we do it, right? And and the second to the last step is we're going to come back and validate all this data for you to make sure we're not wrong. We didn't miss something, et cetera. And they will uh, say to the client that the validation process and we are as guilty as some. Some of us as uh, professionals, myself included, sometimes we get in a hurry and we know historically if we skip steps in our process, yes. the outcome is usually not as good for the client or for us. So we we try to hold true to the process the best we can to uh, provide great value to the client. Well, if, I, I studied this, by the way, the actual definition of process is a series of steps designed to get to a consistent outcome. So if you skip steps or use non-standard parts in the steps, you're not going to get consistent outcomes. And I know your clients love you because you're reliable, fair and honest. That looks like consistent outcomes to me. Right. And if any of our clients are fortunate enough to be listening to this radio, I'd ask you to, if our sales professionals are trying to skip a, pro a step in the process, make sure you knock them around a little bit and tell them not to skip, <laughs> tell them not to skip that process. Remember when, when you were sitting in John's office, when you first interviewed? Yeah. Let's go back to that. There right, you go. Right. Well, John, uh, this has been great. I appreciate you, uh, you sharing with us today on the show. Uh, would you tell our listeners how to get a hold of you or GDP technologies if they're interested in learning more? Absolutely. Absolutely. Best place to catch us is obviously on the, on the internet. So if you go to gdptechnologies.com, you'll be able to find your way to all of our offices and all of our folks, uh, um, you know, we still we still pride ourselves in uh, we answer the phone when you call too. So that's one of our old school things we do. Oh my goodness, there's no robot. No robot. Whoa. So yeah. So with the a technology you, company without a robot, I'm not sure I understand. Well, you know, <laughs> some things just need to be done 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 the old fashioned way. There so, you go. So, so that's gdptechnologies.com.com. Dot com. Yes, right. sir. Very all good. Right. I appreciate that, John. And uh, phone number. Phone number 770-248-1020. 770-248-1020. Very good. Very good. Once again, this is uh, Simon Says Let's Talk Business radio show with John Schweitzer, president and CEO of GDP Technologies, a very deserving company of the, of the Regional Impact Awards. Thank you for joining us. This is your host, Al Simon with Sandler Training, and you can reach us at Simon Inc dot sandler dot com that's simon inc dot sandler dot com seven seven zero six two two seven thousand john thank you for being with us thank you al it's a pleasure let's do it again sometime you got it thank you all right everybody have a great business week mm -hmm.